guys, and welcome back to Beer Bubbles. We are joined by Sebastian today. Hey guys, how's it going? Yes, sir. Fine. Fine. <laughs> we had some audio issue, which you had to suffer through for the last <laughs> 15 minutes, but other than that, we're fine. <laughs> uh, so, you're from Svartberets Bryggeri. That's correct. Correct. Up in Åre, Sweden. Yep. 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 How did oh. that brewery... How did that idea to that brewery start? Um, I have not been here from the start. Uh, I got hired when we uh, started expanding. So Svartberets started back in 2017 uh, from our fearless leader, uh, Philip. <laughs> Uh, he's been uh, traveling around the globe, uh, living all sorts of places, and he moved back home to Ore. Um, his family's been running a, a restaurant in the ski hill or on the ski hill uh, for, I don't know, 30 something years. Which restaurant is that? Uh, so it's uh, at the top of the Vemotan ski lift. So yeah, they decided to um, rebuild the basement there uh, from a storage unit into a small brew pub instead. So we got a five hectare brewery up there that he started in, like I said, 2017. I got on board early 2019, uh, working at the brew pub and starting to plan and, and develop the new brewery where I'm at right now, which is also quite small and <laughs> tiny, but we're making 20 hectare batches here. so. 4x the volume uh, per batch and yeah i mean start really started just as a as a brew pub uh but as far as i've understood it before i got on with a pretty pretty clear goal that it was always going to expand and become more than just a brew pub. okay but because i figured it was uh, focused very locally around the people that live there and also the tourism or are you trying to expand with well, I mean, that's of course a huge market for us and, and one of the most important ones to take care of or make sure that we can have a decent fight for the for the local market, of course. Um, Ore is a bit controlled by the the big boys, uh, <laughs> though. Well, so well uh, Ore Brygg Company has made their way into it. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we're together with us as well. I mean, they, they've sort of paved the way for us uh, in, in a lot of ways. They've done a lot of the heavy lifting on the Shandonia uh, for us. So it's a little bit easier, I believe, at least for us to, to get a can or two in at a bar uh, now because they've already done all the heavy lifting, so to well, speak. Well, has been quite a, quite a big part of it now as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kalle is a great guy who runs Parkvillan as well. Uh, favorite place definitely best burgers in sweden i almost dare to say <laughs> should we sit here and not have a beer yeah exactly <laughs> well that, that's yeah. just wrong man <laughs> we'll start with the, the pilsen a light lager and i'm thinking sebastian you tell us about the beer don't wreck the studio <laughs> i wrecked the mic <laughs> oh. <laughs> Outtakes part one. <laughs> There's not going to be any outtakes at all. This That's is a one shot it. thing. <laughs> Maybe the New Year's bloopers. <laughs> so. Right. Yes, the Pilsener. 
we're actually moving this one into smaller cans, so okay, that, that's well. what I'm having on well, my end. Cheers. 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 And to you guys. All right. Mm. Nice and clean. So, this is 4.7% uh, pills. Um, inspired from, in my opinion, the best lager country in the world, as many others, of course, Germany. Um, mostly Pilsner malts in the base with a, for sheeting a little bit, like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of caramel malt, just to get a little bit more maltiness and, and richness. A bit of body. Yeah. Um, it's all German hops, Magnum for bittering, and then we do Old Mittelfruh throughout the boil and in the whirlpool. Uh, German uh, lager yeast, and uh, we, we don't really do it as traditional with the fermentation schedule as the Germans do. So this does not take three months or so <laughs> to produce. We, we, we turn it around in around four weeks instead, but okay. yeah. Uh, still pretty happy with it. I think it's clean, clean, nice, pretty floral, a little bit spicy notes. I agree, rich in its maltiness as well. I like that. But it's quite dry. Sorry? It's quite dry. Yep. Uh, exactly. It's not... Uh, it's not over... It's not like a Helles. It's more like a Pilsner. Proper Pilsner. Correct. That's the, uh, that's the idea. Mm. A, bit, a bit drier, a decent bitterness, and some nice uh, noble hoppiness as well. <laughs> But, Breakfast uh, for champions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is correct. <laughs> uh, I've also read that you try to focus more on the low ABV beers than rather than making strong beers. Is that true or are you moving away from that? Mm, I mean, both really. Uh, we're brewing a lot of Folkjörn right now. Uh, we've got five different brands on the Folkjörn market. Um, the next big trend, Folkjörn. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I mean, at the same time, like last Last week or this week, um, we brewed only Folkel. The week before that, we only brewed double IPA and Imperial Stout. So, <laughs> I mean, it's all across the board, really. All right. Uh, but I like to drink a lot of beer when I'm drinking. So, uh, three and a half up to six and a half, that, that's my range, more or less. But I also love barley wine more than any other beer. So, yeah. you know, it's we make everything, really. Okay, yeah. And for the non-Swedish uh, listeners, uh, Folkel means... 3.5% up to 3.5% percent types yeah. of beer so basically it's, it's what it's basically lower. what you can buy in a normal store yeah in Sweden because of the monopoly on the freedom market not the government one. Oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> outside the monopoly yes <laughs> correct With we did a joke a little bit in the in, in the, the YouTube episode where we called it the black mountain you know it sounds very the <laughs> hobbit <laughs> but I, no, I imagine... actually... Oh yeah, yeah. yeah go on. No, I, no, go on. Uh, <laughs> I want to okay. hear the story. No, no, Svart, uh, is actually a part of Odeskutan. Um, it's like it's it's part of the of the uh, mountain, just um, behind our our brew pub. Um, so that's where the name comes from. It's also the steepest run you can do, more or less. Okay. Uh, in order, 40, 
or something degrees. Um, so pretty steep, uh, very traditional of Bisram, super nice. So yeah, that's where the name comes from. All right, and you're also the, the highest altitude brewery in Sweden, As right? far as I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have not heard about any any other one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a pain in the ass for the transports. Yeah, um, part of the reason why we did not expand uh, the brewery uh, on the mountain. So, <laughs> w- winter time, um, when we're moving raw materials or uh, if we're bringing up beer from, from the bigger brewery, we do it all on uh, snowmobiles. Mm. Uh, or, I mean, I've He's done machine. deliveries through the ski lift as well like oh can we get two kegs of that absolutely it's at the group but i'll just pop by and go get it put my skis on go up there and bring some kegs down to the village <laughs> so yeah it's a, it's a hassle in the summertime we can drive all the way to the front door so that's fine but winter time it's a pickle so and that's, that's a- also part of why they started the brew pub so yeah. instead of dragging up kegs of i think it was Carlsberg, um every every day they just got uh, six serving tanks instead and, and a five hecto uh, small Braumeister so it's it's a lot easier to bring up like two pallets three pallets of, of uh, malt in the in the autumn and then brew on that all winter instead of dragging heavy kegs yeah. up the mountain why the hell do brewers use hectos they're the only ones in the world that I know of I don't know I mean I can't really say that that was a my thousand liters no it's 10 hectares <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just the way it is <laughs> i have no explanation <laughs> you just get used to it and then you don't think about it anymore because <laughs> i have to recalculate it in my head all the time it's like oh so that tanks 80 hectares that is okay eight thousand liters of beer uh, and no one else uses hectares not even well, like restaurants. Does. Well, not even <laughs> restaurants. Hectograms. <laughs> <laughs> it's a language we don't understand. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to thousand liters uh, instead. Then from uh, now it's on, all right. It's all right. People have to learn. <laughs> it's the terminology of brewing. <laughs> this is correct. So I really like this beer. Yeah, it's me nice. too. It's nice very and nice. crisp. Thank you very much. It's it's the constant work in progress. We're doing minor, minor, minor tweaks on on every batch, really, uh, to try to up it and just do uh, quality control and like sensory analysis on each batch to see if there's anything more we can do to make it better. In in our opinion, at least. So yeah. Like with every beer, but this one we brewed for a long time. Uh, it's one of the first beers I brought to Svartbergia, really. So it's very nice. Uh, and on that note, let's open another beer. Yay! <laughs> boom, boom! <laughs> I haven't even finished mine, my first no. one yet. No, but that's uh, why we have five glasses in front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got two prepped. We pros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, territory, yeah. <laughs> And the next one I'm thinking is the Baddies Folk Pale Ale. Yep. And that's 3.5? This is 3.5. Correct the mundo. Let's do a beer pour shot. Oh god. (laughs) 
Look like you were going to pour it all for yourself there. Of course I'm not. <laughs> I poured more for you. <laughs> I can smell the aroma from here. By just pouring the beer. Nice. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually a good note. A good sign that something good is in the glass. Well, cheers. 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 All right. So this is much more modern. Mm. But it actually, so, yeah. it, it, it lives up to the nose when you drink it. Well, it's a slightly hazy, fruity IPA Pele. Yeah, we're, yeah, we've gone for less New England, more West Coast. Uh, not necessarily labeling as anything more than just an American Session Pele. Yeah. But it's more of a hybrid of a, an East Coast, West Coast. I mean, or it should have been more, maybe more bitter to be more West Coasty, I guess, but... Um, malt, yeast, and hops-wise, it could definitely pass for for West Coast style. Um, but yeah, come for a balanced, uh, slightly fruity, a little bit like pine character. We do, hops-wise, it's uh, Simcoe and Citra 50-50. Uh, Citra, good hop, Simcoe, fantastic hop in my opinion. Um, base is pretty light, got a little bit of um, it's Pilsner, a little bit of light cara. Um, Wheat? Yo. Exactly. And then Magnum for bittering. That's like the generic bittering mm -hmm. hop for us, like for us, so many others. So, it's, yeah. It's delicious. I like it. Got some uh, oats up in the mix. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crushable, sessionable, mm -hmm. easy going. Quenchable. Quenchable, yeah. <laughs> Good breakfast. Yeah, I like that. I like that because it has quite a lot of bitterness still left in it. And like, I, I've got a beef with uh, New England's because they smell marvelous, and then they end up being a manga smoothie. And so, so, so I've got a bit of a problem with that. I, it's like, just doesn't live up to the nose, mm. in my opinion. I, I'm, I can almost not hear what you're saying. Okay, New England style IPAs. Yeah. I've got a bit of a beef with them. Okay. Because they sometimes are too juicy. Too juicy? Yeah, well, like New England style IPAs. Yeah, okay. They're, they're so juicy, so you kind of... The bitterness disappears in them. This one has got balance. It's got, got a bit of bitterness that, like, makes you go back for another sip. Hmm. Yeah, like a bitterness backbone to it. Like a lot of New England IPAs tends to be super floral on the nose, and then you mm -hmm. you, you taste it, and there's just a juicy mango smoothie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would never call this a New England anyway. No, 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 no. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a sessionable good pale ale. Uh, it moves itself pretty well as well. We've uh, we've been running the Baris Folk Folkel series for. Uh, about two years mm. we started it as a takeaway thing at the brew pub so we would do uh, 
we had a small hand labeler in the bar and some cans and a small hand seamer. And then if people wanted to do takeaway beer, we say, yeah, you can get some folkel for takeaway. We would just pour it, just purge a can real quick and then just pour it straight from the tap. And we had a date stamp on it. Uh, so we would just stamp the cans and it would say best before today. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we moved away from that because it, that's a nightmare quality wise. Like people might actually keep that can for God knows how long. Uh, oh, yeah. So we've stopped with that method. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, but it was fun though. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Though. <laughs> Whatever you can do, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I like the beer. It's quite quenchable and it's perfect during the summers when you know when you don't want to get drunk. Or in the winter, in the ski on the ski hill. On the ski hill as well. Yeah. yeah. This too. Yeah. That's, I used to compete in downhill skiing, so I I want to be in control when I, because I go quite fast. I competed in downhill, uh, super G, and also speed skiing. And if you don't have control when you do that, you're dead. Correct the moon, though. That's why you drink folkjöl and not starkjöl. <laughs> <laughs> so no imperial stouts for breakfast, huh? Uh, not not for speed speed skiing. No, that that sounds more like a, I don't know a city breakfast rather than a mountain breakfast. <laughs> yeah, uh, my speed record is 176.6. Jesus Christ! We used to That's train fast. by being strapped onto car roofs uh, on the roof racks <laughs> just to get used to the speed. <laughs> That's can't, insane, man! Can't do that shit face. Uh, next one, I think, in the hazy afternoon. Yes, sir. Yes. Now we're moving into Hayes land. The hazy land. Now we're going into uh, CC's favorite uh, style. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I need to grab another glass. Did you get another glass? Yes, and I prepared a fourth one for the next beer as well. Perfect. You're a professional That's... now. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from the best. <laughs> All right, next beer, Hazy Afternoon. This is a pretty new one for us. We released it on the 6th of April. So this one is part of what, something we call the, the, our Lupulin project, which is where we try out new hops and or yeast um and um yeah make uh, one-off ipas really anything between a hasty session four and a half to a double ipas triple ipas etc etc so yeah a one-off series of, of ipas really uh this one is um four and a half percenter um with uh, focused on citra and sabro and this one so Sabro for us, a new hop, it's been on the market for a while, uh, years or a few. So yeah, basically trying to make a, a citrusy and uh, fruity, but still crushable and easygoing New England session. What I really like is that you still keep uh, the, the dryness to the afternoons. So you can, you can actually go back to it because when I talk about having a beef with New England styles or juicy IPAs, it's mainly the ones that don't have that 
hoppy backbone with a bit of bitterness. Uh, it's more about fruit, fruit, fruit. And that, that, it puts me off a bit. I can see why. I mean, I can also see why people like it. So it's, uh, you, you can't satisfy every palate, right? <laughs> yeah, but <the> thing <laughs> That's is, impossible. It's, it's, it's really good that we don't have the same palate. Absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, that would be, I don't know. We'd end up drinking the same thing we did in 95. Nine Probably. breweries doing the same beer. Yeah. It'll be like a North Korean craft beer, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, be and before he met me, he you, have, you haven't seen the North Korean craft beer scene, have you? No. Of course I haven't, but I imagine it's quite generic and also somewhat centralized and controlled by the government, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably, I guess. <laughs> it was like, before he met me, he didn't drink Bel uh, Belgian beer at all. Well, I did, but... No, you really didn't. Not much. No. <laughs> well, I, I did the occasion of Cantillon on Drifo Damon. But... Can't go wrong. Belgian ales were... I had a bit of a problem with some of the yeast strains. Mm -hmm. When they get too much, like, marzipan me. Right. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah, I'm also a big Belgian fan, especially the, the Lambic and uh, like any Lambic really, but especially yeah. Drie. Drie I, I really like Drie Fontaine a lot. I have a Marriage Parfait in the fridge at home. Marriage Parfait. Marriage Parfait. From 2009. Oh, so that's nice. <laughs> Tell us a bit about that. Well, you weren't there when they started. It, which was when? 2017, like late 2017. Hmm. So winter season, 17-18. How did you end up there? Um, I lived in order when I was, uh, well, 10 years ago-ish, 11 years ago. Uh, then we went to Oslo to do uh, a summer gig. We were gonna be there for five months and that ended up uh, becoming eight years. Um, <laughs> and uh, after those eight years, both me and uh, my better half, uh, Maria, we were kind of sick and tired of Oslo and wanted to move back to Sweden. But the only place we wanted to move back to was really Ora, where none of us are from here. We're from the northern parts of Sweden, uh, like true north. Um, so yeah, we moved back here. Um, quit our jobs in Oslo, moved here, figured everything will work itself out. Um, I started studying uh, the brewery technician, one in uh, Ninasam. Um, and then I met Kalle at Parkvillan, started working there a little bit extra in the bar. And then he said that Svartbadit is looking for <laughs> a brewer. I said, well, I'm a brewer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to Philip uh, to look for an internship. Um, and just to see uh, what was this, what it was all about, and then he was like, "Yeah, so can you work tomorrow?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then, <laughs> well, we kicked it off, and we liked each other, and I guess he he felt I was qualified enough, uh, <laughs> and then I just started working at Svartbadet and started developing this new brewery where we're making. And now you're the head brewer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was the first employee technically, so yeah. I, I guess <laughs> in a way I was always the head brewer. But we we were running four people during last year, more of the in charge position, I guess. But yeah, like 
all of the like quality um quality control sops uh recipes and, and production planning is on me and yeah that's that's how i ended up there you found your spot yeah that that's one way to put it for sure <laughs> uh, i'm curious about this next one though this is, this is an imperial strawberry sour yeah <laughs> skew it down forever <laughs> yep so one of our core range beers are called strawberry hills forever um which we instead uh, of strawberry fields yeah it's a play of that name exactly and i mean that's a that's a like a, a balanced um uh, berliner weiss at a four and a half percent it's not jam-packed with fruit it's got it's got some strawberry notes it's uh, never supposed to be a, like a full-blown smoothie beer either so the, the intention with that beer was to have it as a balanced Berliner uh, with like, you can still have some of the maltiness and the graininess and and the bacteria to play a, a full role and then have some strawberry notes. This one though, because there were a lot of people who were expecting this like full fucking strawberry punch from that beer. Uh, and we, we've been talking internally at the, at the brewery, like, yeah, we should do an Imperial version of this. And then a situation appeared where we had to, well, we had half a ton of strawberry puree that we had to do something with. So we chucked it in a 7% sour. <laughs> Only way to do so, it. Yeah, so we went from hills to Skutan with what a Skutan is. The, the mountain here. Um, so yeah, we have 528 kilograms of strawberry puree, which equals to about a ton uh, of raw fruit. Uh, and we got uh, 1,600 liters uh, of a finished product on, on the amount of fruit and beer put together. So, so you could quite, say quite it's a lot about of fruit. 60% fruit in this beer. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. It's a smoothie, man. <laughs> but that is actually delicious. It's a very nice acidity to it as well. Strawberries strawberry. are very acidic, actually, when mm. when you get the sugar out of them. It's a fruit acidity more more to it than mm -hmm. than yeah, so It's um, kettle soured it like all of our other mm. sour beers, or not all of them, but the one we released. Um, and we don't really stretch it that far. We go down to three point two, three point three in pH. I know some people go as far down as three. Personally, I think that's too sour, too acidic, uh, but it depends on what you're doing afterwards as well. I mean, if you're adding a bunch of sour fruits, like passion fruits, super sour, uh, raspberries are also quite sour, um, then you're making it even more sour. Stra strawberries are like in the same acidity level as the base beer, so it keeps it balanced, I think. I, th I think it's really nice. Sour, really. Huh? Uh, it's really nice and not Joggerty. Not what? Yogurty. You know the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yogurt. You know when you get the aftertaste of like berry yogurt. Yeah. Uh, this is not there at all. It's just very clean in the aftertaste. Thank you very much. It's time for me to dig in as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we are way ahead of you. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. 
somebody's dog is screaming outside. <laughs> pretty jammy. Mm, it's like st strawberry jam, but with a 7% kick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and as Rasmus said, quite a lot of tartness to it as well. Really fresh. Mm, very super fresh. I like it a lot, and I'm a sour beer freak, so it's, I love sour beers. <laughs> I like the well-produced ones. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> That's why I, I love that. I think that applies across the board, actually, when yeah. it comes to beer. <laughs> but, uh, I've got a question for you. Yep. Swedish beers or and breweries now, the quality, if you compare it to... Uh, about when you started drinking Swedish beers. Where do you think we are now? Well, I mean, I like to believe that the quality of Swedish craft beer doesn't really have a ceiling, so we're only gonna keep getting better. Um, there's a lot of terrific Swedish beers out there and compared to, I mean, I started drinking beer when I was 17, so 14, 14 years ago maybe. I did not have a local market that had a shit ton of uh, craft beer when I was 17, as you can imagine. <laughs> and you didn't drink so, it because it was more expensive. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I like to get a hold of a lot of English and Belgian stuff already back then. I got my friends to go buy me like blue and red chimes and Westmalle beers, etc., etc. Uh, a, a lot of the Fuller's uh, ales as well that was available in Boden, where I'm from, in the small city up north. Um, but quality-wise, I think it's been a huge improvement. And like when when you meet other brewers uh, as, as small as us, or like, let's say as big as Popples, you really get to see like the full range. But most people that I meet are very, 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 very aware of their of their quality control program, even if it comes to measuring equipment or having uh, good sampling or, or a QC team that does sensory analysis, etc., etc. Uh, we've focused quite a lot on our quality development, partially with uh, in-house measurements, um, oxygen pickups, uh, microbial growth, etc. Uh, we send off all of our beers to a third-party lab, uh, what up, Nan, at uh, Beer Labs. Um, so we have a full control of our entire range going from grain handling into canning, um, making sure we have good traceability. We make sure we have uh, all of our microbial growth at a minimal or none, preferably, which is honestly yeah. quite impossible. <laughs> uh, and uh, make sure we have low DO levels or all across the board. That's that's our main focus, like making sure our beer comes out almost as fresh to our customers as when we drink it from the tank or sample it from the tank, I guess is the right word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not drink it. You just sample it. Exactly. Brewers it's for breakfast. science. It's for science. <laughs> <laughs> what was but, that? but I must say oxygen levels uh, is something that lots of Swedish breweries have improved at because I've noticed that shelf life on Swedish micros has actually grown quite a lot the last 10 years. That uh, sounds uh, very much like, like I said, I've been in Norway for about eight years, mm -hmm. um, but, and it's been two and a half since I moved back to Sweden, but 
Um, I've always been going across the border, of course, to get Swedish craft beer and, and try to buy and order as, as much as I can to the, the closest Istanbulaget so I can pick up and still have a decent feeling of what's going on in Sweden compared to Norway. Um, but yeah, I mean, seven, eight, nine years ago, it was a bit of a gamble, I guess, if you didn't buy anything from the bigger craft breweries because most, a lot of them could be very oxidized. Um, today and i think a lot of this has to do with well partially the the more ease of access to to knowledge and also it's a it's becoming a bigger industry and uh there's a lot of collaborations and, and sharing knowledge in the industry it's a very open industry so I've, I've just asked a lot of people that i know for for pointers where i'm unsure like how do you guys do this oh we do it like that oh okay why why is that it's because of blah 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 oh great thank you very much so you don't have to invent the wheel again because someone else is already doing it. But also the customer is much more knowledgeable. This is true. So they're more picky. Yeah. If the beer is not good, they're not buying it. Us. Yeah, but if the beer is not good, they're not buying it. Correct. And I think that's great because that's putting more pressure on the producer to always produce stellar beer. And if you have something that is not hundred percent up to your quality um, measurements and you don't dump it well you're gonna have a problem because people are gonna stop buying your beer um, that's just the bottom line you got you got to be willing to sacrifice a batch or two for the greater good because one batch is gonna hurt you more than it's gonna actually save you money if it's not good enough yeah. that is true and speaking of collabs the last one here is uh, collab right mm -hmm. the Correct the Mundo, Stambariet. So this is an imperial stout that uh, we and, or, uh, we and uh, Revkala brewed in, I think we brewed it in late October last year, actually. Um, yeah, just before Great Swedish Beer Festival. Same did, week. You, did they brew it up at your place or did you brew it down there? No, we brewed it at, at Revkala. Isn't it beautiful down there? I was there two years ago. It's absolutely oh, it's, fantastic. It's amazing. It's freaking amazing. And their it's, barn out there with the bar outside and everything. It's... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's dreamscapes, really. Uh, <laughs> it's such a beautiful spot. And in the middle of, like, on the countryside of uh, Eskolne in Eslev, it's, it's a beautiful place. I love it. And the people and they're really nice guys. Greatest guys. Uh, greatest people in the industry. So well, humble, so nice, and, and so welcoming. And, yeah, and now they've really got like Glenn them. as well. Huh? And now they got Glenn with them as well, which is yeah, exactly. Uh, who started Beer developer of the year? Well, he, he, yeah, he just got <laughs> but with awarded. great Swedish. Yeah, yeah. But he was uh, part of Gothenburg Beer Festival, Malmö Beer Festival. He was he was part of that company, and then he moved over to Ramala. Right. And, yeah, uh, I, I believe he's doing a good job at Ramala as well. He's a nice guy. Cheers to Glenn. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> and cheers to Håkan and Hampus and Frida yeah. and everyone else at Remolev. <laughs> so yeah, a 10% Imperial Stout. This one was a heck of a brew day. It's a, it's a double mash, of course, to make it strong and thick. He likes uh, it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a long ass boil. I think we boiled it for four hours, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Oof. Um, and then it's been fermented with an American ale strain and post fermentation we've added uh, vanilla not not to make it like a vanilla bomb 
I believe Hampus, the head brewer at Remalev and me are very in the, very in the same philosophy there that balance is key. Uh, yeah, the vanilla and, is very mellow. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, like it, it contributes to the, the flavor mm. profile, but it, does, it doesn't scream vanilla. It just adds nicely to, to the roasted and chocolatey notes from, yeah. from the specialty malt, uh, which is, I mean, I don't mind a, a pastry style. I just don't want to make it myself. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> that, that's not my jam. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a very fun and exciting market because it's developing the beer scene into like what can beer be, what can beer become. Personally, I don't like to drink it, but I think it's very interesting what people are doing uh, with, with the pastry stuff. And it's nice to follow it and just see, see what's happening. But, but I'm, I must say, when it comes to pastry out in Sweden, it's a bit hit and miss. Because some of them are, they try to, take it almost too far they go like it's so much vanilla and al almost always something else as well yep. uh, when I was in Tampa Bay a year and a half two years ago it's just weird that they're famous for their pastry stands because it's 42 degrees Celsius outside yeah. <laughs> and you can't drink that kind of beer in that heat yeah, it should be all three and a half percent pilster. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, and they are all like 13, 14 percent. You sit and drink one and you go, let's go home now. Uh, you might catch diabetes actually from, <laughs> from a lot of those. I've, I've, see, I've seen a lot of posts on, on online forums for brewers where the residual extract in, in a lot of their pastry stouts are higher than the original extract we have in our imperial stouts <laughs> like 35 play-doh residual oh, uh, which is but for those who doesn't understand play-doh that's like 35 percent sugar in solution which yeah. is completely ridiculous <laughs> but sugar water there's sometimes the, the oftentimes a pastry stout is like a hit, hit and miss because of that but like also with the we try the nutty swirl from Douglas with the, the coconuts and the mm -hmm. vanilla, right? But they're pushing the pastry game for yeah, sure. Yeah, and it was delicious. But yeah, they make like, fantastic beers. It, well, Nutty's World was uh, odd. It's Yeah, it's very odd, but it was very well balanced and very well produced. So you... Well, I've got a problem with marzipan. <laughs> and it's like almost... You should take, you should take that up with marzipan. That's not our battle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so pretty much a Rus Russian imperial uh, stout at 10% with, with some vanilla to, to uh, balance mm. out the roastiness and, and burnt notes, chocolatey mm. notes from the malt. But there's I think also turned out fantastic, actually. Yeah, there's also a burnt coffee sense. taste right in the beginning, which yeah. sets the beer off, which I love. The, the roasted coffee in uh, imperial stout, stouts of world porters, it's, it's the best thing. That's why I love Baltic porter so much. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. The, the roasted coffee comes out even even more when you when you cold ferment them. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk some f about uh, our plans to go to Ora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're planning to go to Ora. Because I've spoken to Anders at Ora Brew Company. Yep. Uh, and we're gonna do a beer bubbles beer up there. You nice. want to join us for a collab? Yeah, if under if Anders allows me, and we've been talking on our end, we've been talking yeah. about a collab for 
I mean, it, it should have happened years ago, really. Uh, <laughs> With beer bubbles. Hey, you know, it's you know what? To be. Anders owes me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was in the car driving up there and I got to Hudiksvall. And then he calls yeah. me and says, oh, fuck, it's the Hunter's Fair. So we haven't got time for you. So I have to turn the car around and drive back. And he still feels bad about it. So well, whatever I, mean, I say, it goes. You can't skip the Hunter's Fair in order. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's a huge show and, and actually flips a lot of yeah. beer. So, but he still I, I feels bad about it. Fully, but I mean, you know. No, but we we've been talking about a collab as well, me and Anders. Um, so. If, if he allows us in on on a small corner, we'd be delightful, delighted to to join in. For sure. Yeah, it's uh, we're planning to do uh, at least a weekend or a few days. We're gonna record everything in the restaurants as well, combine them with food. You know, make nice, make a couple of days like trip of it, and then uh, also come back when the when everything's done and do <laughs> try the beer. But you've just had uh, or a gastro week. Yeah, Gastronomy Week has been finished today, and the Brew Company and us, Svartberget, has been part of the actions going down at the main square in order. So what uh, happened? So, so, like, on a normal year, they're, they're building, like, a, a pop-up uh, restaurant um, where they have uh, usually, like, a tasting menu uh, with... But some local, some not local uh, produce. I, I can't speak for Gastronomy Week because I don't represent them or know their... Ex- like, the event is, is all about food and, and local produce, as far as I've understood. Uh, but this year, we got the chance to be in on it. Uh, so, together with some other producers, we lined up uh, at, the, at the main square with with some uh, food and uh, some beers from us and Odebrug Company. Uh, for people to enjoy between noon and three in the afternoon on Friday and Saturday. So oh, that was nice. Hmm. Uh, last year, I think it was sponsored by Spendrups, or if it was the year before yeah. that. And, uh, no, they did a Melrud uh, or a yeah, right. uh, That was last year. Yeah. The gondola beer. Yeah. <laughs> which which uh, I won't say nothing about, except it was funny. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> this stout is amazing. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I could take more credit for it, but it's it's mostly Hampus at Tremarlev who's done his voodoo magic on it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Humble a good guy. beer for sure. Humble guy. <laughs> you just have to tell you guys it's now twelve thirty. Yeah. So it's just past noon. So this is basically our breakfast. Yep. Well, I mean, as long as it's twelve o'clock, that's the rule, right? <laughs> and we well, it's twelve o'clock with... somewhere over the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> if you go up to order, we have to come visit Sotbergets, of course. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the collab thing will be really cool. With at least, at least you got to swing by the brewery and, and have a look and a beer. Uh, yeah. If you're coming in the summertime. You can get the ski lift up to a brew pub as well, which will be open this summer as well. Mm. Um, We're definitely and, coming. <laughs> yeah, the view, the view from there is amazing. Uh, sit on our outside patio, eat some nice burgers, have a few yeah. beers. It's. I had to go and get myself sure. that hat as well. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I won't send it to you because then you have to come here. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I have the Vega one today. Yeah, that's Viega. cool. That's cool. Um, so we're just gonna book in the dates and uh, talk with Ora as well and yep, get that get it rolling. Sounds like perfect. Super fun. Sounds fun. But you're doing a big uh, branding of the the Black Mountain. Spot Bedins, right? Well, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's on, but I'm thinking about the the artwork on the cans. Mm-hmm. Do you it's use a, a, an artist, or do you do them yourself, or? It's a. I mean, I don't have any part of the creative work uh, personally, but it's it's been a development uh, for sure. Because it, when it started out, like when our, we released our first cans, uh, I think it was Philip, like aka our founder and CEO. His wife and her sister did the artwork, and then a good friend of mine, Tim, at Lufens in social media, um, made some of our designs for like Happy Valley, Strawberry Hills, King of the Hills, etc. Um, and now we've moved to another designer called Carl Bachmann, which does our entire design range. But we still work a little bit now and then with with Tim, uh, who's an artist produces a lot of nice art uh, but like the design and all the design application is done by Carl Bachmann works with See, a lot of other like uh, the drink producers Stockholm's Brennery mm -hmm. and others is talented guy for sure it's it's fun to see the the beer and art is coming together lately in a big way I mean no Steve but it's did a complete turnaround of their uh, their labels with the, yeah, they have, they have great the labels. Yeah, and uh, Amundsen doing a big art <laughs> on, on yeah. there as well. They just messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's still art. It means it's like graffiti. Like, so yeah, it's I, becoming I, I, a big I, part of craft beer. I think Amundsen cans are epic, and they, yeah. they, they really pop out on the shelf. Like you can, you, you can tell. No. You can you can tell it's an Amundsen beer from ten meters I mean, away. The, the apocalyptic sure. thunder use. I mean, the label on that is amazing. The orange. It's great. I, it's... Yeah, I really like their ink and dagger as well. That's a really yeah. cool label art. I used to I used to work for um, a company called Nidalen Bryggeri in Oslo, which is owned by the same company owns Amundsen, and they used to have their first uh, small production brewery uh, in the same restaurant. So it was a brew pub, oh, okay. and they were bottling at that time before they moved to their current location. Which is also the that brew pub is where I, I started my brewing career as well. <laughs> so, yeah. But I have to ask the 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 one um, small serious question during all this. Uh, COVID is ongoing, of, yeah. of course. And how did that affect you when it started, and uh, how has it developed? Mm, I mean, we were in the expansion phase when COVID hit. Like we, we, start, we started brewing in this very brewery I'm sitting at in uh, the like 1st of January, 2nd of January or something like that uh, last year. So 2020 was was the starting year of this brewery. We, we, we were building and installing equipment for uh, half of 2019 and then started getting shit rolling in, in January 2020. So, I mean, couldn't have been at our worst timing, really. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we had one uh, big tender that we won for for the fast sortiment at Systembolaget, and also had a temporary uh, tender we won 
with our core range IPA, Happy Valley. Uh, so that really saved us a lot, or actually, I mean, the goal for last year was like, okay, can we hit 50,000 liters? That was like the main goal from, from the owners. Uh, we sold haha for about a hundred thousand so crushed the goal pretty hard <laughs> uh and we that's had nice. people, yeah that's i mean it's been stressful because it's it's been a complete building site at the brewery since because we've been adding more tanks adding more tanks moving the can line we, have, we built a bar then we tore down the bar down because we need more space for the canning line so we can fit more tanks and brewery etc 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 so it's been a lot of moving around and installing new equipment so Covid was shit as far as like the restaurant business go, but on the other hand, we're, we're so young and new, or we're still very young and new as brewery, um, so we didn't really have uh, a lot of uh, bar and restaurants that we were depending on, or we didn't have like previous sales that we could expect. We didn't have any salespersons that we, etc. So we were kind of lucky in that way, but we were getting started pretty nicely uh, on the bar and restaurant scene. And then that, and then of course, it died. <laughs> yeah, and then then it went it went from looking pretty good to looking like nothing. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm I guess sure you, you get good and that, bad, but we we yeah. made it through pretty well actually. Yeah, but the Folkel series is that yeah. kind of a a result of COVID. No, I mean we've been making Folkel since way before I knew what COVID was. Um, and we've always had as a goal to 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 make more folklore because I mean we're we're all skiers and snowboarders and and we like to drink beer but we also like to go skiing afterwards without you know <laughs> doing stupid Falling shit over. because we're drunk. <laughs> so so that goes hand in hand and and we do a lot of hiking in the summer too so it's always nice to have a few cans of folklore with you. Um, so yeah, we we've been we've been uh, brewing Folka basically since the first day I started, and I think even before that as well. So, so, so not that, due to COVID, but we've all probably accelerated it a little bit due to COVID, though. But it counts also a part of that because I know Oscar Blues when they started with counts like 24 years or something ago, mm-hmm. it was because of all the trekkies up in the Colorado Mountains. The skiers, the trekkies, the the, the hikers. It's easier to carry camp because it's lighter, and when you're done, you just squeeze it together, put it in your backpack, bring it back. Yeah, you don't get any shattered glass in your backpack mm-hmm. or full of beer either, which mm-hmm. is a plus. I mean, you want that beer in your belly, not in your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and like a, an empty bottle of beer. It's easier for someone to just chuck it in the woods, but yeah, if you can just if you can just crush stupid behavior though. Yeah, <laughs> but if you got a can, you can just crush it together. It fits in your big backpack, doesn't weigh anything, doesn't take up any room. Oh, this is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to to use cans over bottles. I like bottles too for specific styles, but I, I think that's a uh, no-brainer discussion that i mean you, it, it's a preference for sure but but you do mostly cans right we do all cans uh, all cans yeah yeah we, we we don't have a bottling line at all uh we we do everything we do is in comes in cans we do however um have some pretty funky stuff um mm. that we're brewing or brewing 
we're waiting on really uh we've been uh, we've been starting a small 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 um spontaneous not spontaneous but mixed mixed fermentation uh, barrel program uh so we got a few beers uh laying on some old french wine barrels uh, up at the mountain and they've been resting there for two years ish um so we'll have a tasting when we with Sidoring. It's what it is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Gonna Last have... time I tried them, that they, they showed some true potential, uh, but none of them were done yet, in my opinion. So, but when we'll they're done, I mean, gonna... we might end up just dumping all of it as well. That's definitely a possibility, but they they sure showed some potential last time. So. <laughs> Like those are definitely gonna go in bottles. We're not putting bacteria or, or wild yeast into our canning line. Of in course. big ones. Mm. Yeah, 750s for sure. Mm. That's yeah, the way gonna... to go. Could I put the final question to him then? You can put the final question to him. Do you think he's prepared? I, I don't think I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, when I did the podcast, oh, pardon, I always asked about like your desert island beer but we this. we kind of developed them uh into into our final question uh, which is more or less or actually exactly you're gonna die you got one beer left you're on your deathbed what are you having oof <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whatever you want well i mean it's between two beers really that i come to think of at the top of my head i really i really really enjoy the firestone walker sukaba bar the wine and one of my favorite and always in the house beers uh, is trifontaine and armand gaston so it's probably one of those two uh well, I mean, if the last beer on earth uh, or in my life, it's, it's got to be a barley wine for sure. So I'll go with the Sukaba. <laughs> Preferably uh, like a two, three-year-old vintage as well. Not not a super fresh one. Yeah. That's Thanks very favorite. much, Seb. That's a perfect answer. <laughs> There's only two people that, that's answered that question super quickly. And that's Oli and uh, Janko. Mm. They were like... Oli and Stigberg. I assume that Oli from Stigberg had, had something to do with uh, Timothy Taylor and Cassie. <laughs> yeah. <Hale>. yeah. <laughs> and Jank was dead quick saying Orval. Yeah. That's a great pick too. It's Fucking a legend pick. of a beer. <laughs> legend of a beer for legend of a guy. This is true. Uh, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining Beer Bubbles, both podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you very it was much a for having me. Pleasure having you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a pleasure having you. <laughs> and we look forward to going up to order and visit you and the order big company. And sure. don't forget to uh, uh, subscribe to the channel. Yeah, like the video, comment on the video, and if you're listening to the podcast because we're recording both simultaneously, and uh, don't forget uh, don't forget to check out the YouTube clip. No. And don't forget to buy a smart bedded beer. True exactly, that. exactly. <laughs> and uh, do you sell merch? 
Yeah, we're we're developing a web shop as we speak. It's gonna get launched pretty soon. So we'll get some t-shirt classes, caps, uh, beanies, etc. Up nice. on the interwebs uh, yeah. very very shortly. Yeah, and I have to go up to order to get my hat. So um, <laughs> uh, don't forget, we follow Swap Birds on Instagram and uh, Facebook. We'll put the links out everywhere you can find it. And and whatever you do, guys, drink, drink better, better beer. beer.